is Detroit News Lions beat writer Justin Rogers. Whenever I'm bored out of my mind and I've hit the end of the internet and I've got just nothing, nothing else to do, I listen to Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who run a four-minute 40, Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 259. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Case. How you doing, man? Good, Chris. I'm, I'm just over here practicing my social distancing. Uh, the world's been practicing that with you for years, Case. What are you talking about? I have like three friends. <laughs> Bigger number than I would have guessed. All right, today's show, we got a big one going on. We're going to talk about free agency again. we got Case along with Riz this time. We're going to have a deeper, darker, sometimes later talk about that. We're going to talk about what does it mean for the NFL draft for the Lions? What's the strategy here? That and a whole lot more. Hey, we're going to even take your calls. How's that sound? That sounds like a good time, right? Got a great show lined up for you guys. Casey, ready to go, my man. All by myself. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements first. Check us out and help us out on the Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Go on! He's so good. There you go. He's so good. He reminds me how Arlovsky did it. I can't even say his name now, right? <laughs> of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. I prevail. I prevail. Band.com. Check them out. They hang out with us all the time in our wonderful Slack, and they got there because they're Patreon donors. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You can join. This is a little as a dollar a month, all day action. You're sitting around in quarantine. What a great way to get your Lions fix. Some of the best... Most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Donate as little as a dollar a month to the show. You can donate more. Don't don't feel limited. We don't want to limit you here. Uh, donate as much you want. And uh, we'll get you access to the Slack chat, some preview information. Dropped some big ones today for the folks in the chat. If you uh, if you haven't seen it yet, sla- uh, Slackers and Patreon people, you'll enjoy that. Uh, some some hot, hot info coming up. So, yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Uh, give us a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast, and on the Twitter machine, the very best place to see Case. I wanna be all by myself. <laughs> God <laughs> sakes. At DED Lions Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast, and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, all those great great places and uh, we love it when you do that we love it we love those five-star reviews they help so much and appreciate everybody who's uh, put up such kind reviews recently and uh, if you got constructive criticism we're all in on it hit it in the subreddit and uh, leave a a comment we put a a new post up every time and and we interact very diligently because we care Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, L1 Word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. Oh, 
All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. It's so much easier to say when I say it fast. I'm telling you guys, I stumble the heck out of it when, it's, when I try to do it slow. Um, really quick, I want to kick it off with a, it's a different kind of announcement. I think this is something that uh, people will appreciate and uh, it because it's for you, really. Um, we've been doing some work with our old friend. You guys, have you ever heard of Lion's Wire, Risden? I'm familiar with it, yes. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, I am. <laughs> There's a guy over there. Uh, his name's Eric Schlitt. You may have met him sometime. Um, he's uh, he's a great writer, does great work. He does a podcast as well. We yes, say it's the, it's the yin to our yang. It's the uh, chocolate chips and our cookies, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, we're working, you know, with him, not, not, not together on shows, but we know we're very complimentary types of shows. And, uh, in this time of quarantine and, 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 and kind of being alone and, and, and not getting out, maybe, uh, having to sit around a little more than you want. And, and then the fact that there's no sports on TV, I know it's hurting a lot of people. Um, we've decided we're going to coordinate some of our stuff. And uh, we're going to make sure that you guys have a steady stream of content. We're going to try. We're not sure that between us we can get something going every day, but we're going to make sure we don't step on each other with our content. So you guys can watch and, and take part and have good content to interact with throughout the week. So make sure you check out Eric Schlitt, his podcast, um, Lions Breakdown. It's on the iTunes. Give him a listen. He's he's a great guy and does some good stuff. And like I said, it's very complimentary. If you listen to our two podcasts that's all you really need in the land of the lions, and you'll you'll have everything you everything you need. So, uh, check out Schlitt. He's doing his thing. We're doing ours, and we're here trying to make it so you guys have a much better quarantine and have something to do instead of climbing the walls. All right, um, let's see. A lot of stuff going on. Oh, I, I want to talk. We'll have Scott Bischoff on on Monday. We're going to do a two p.m. live nice. broadcast again. Uh, Scott from WJR. Uh, he and I are going to do a quick show for you guys. Another uh, another little dive into some Lions news and talk. Okay. Scott also technically still writes for Lions Wire, though he hasn't done anything in a while. I'm going to kick him off to write oh, something about it. He didn't tell you he's going to write a Detroit Lions podcast now. There you go. There you go. All right, let's get into it. Scott's a great dude. It'll, he's be, it'll be informative. Awesome. He, he's got he's got an interesting perspective and delivery on things. Yeah, I, I love Scott. Yeah, Scott's a great dude. Absolutely. Had a good time at Senior Bowl. Um, yes, that was that was yes. a lot of fun. All right, um, let's talk about this. The big news, you know, Riz. There's nothing like the sunrise and sunset and mule box signing and taxes and death. You say something out loud in front of a bunch of people, <laughs> and somebody goes and flips the whole dang script. They on sure you. do. Ah, you got roasted a little bit for that one, Thanks, didn't Darius. you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Darius Slay. Darius Slay. He's uh, as we said. Hey, everything we saw from him and heard, he had respected Patricia. He was a, 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 right. a team player. Said he was uh, a mature twelve-year-old. And I regret. I truly. We had just we had just yeah. talked about him being a twelve-year-old, but not a malicious twelve-year-old. Yes, yes. And then he comes out and does what a lot of twelve-year-olds do, and uh, through a, I have a fourteen. I have a fourteen-year-old son. My daughter's just eleven, so I'm not. I don't have a twelve-year-old right now, but I'm close enough to know they get irrationally wacky from time mm, to time. Yep. And boy, did he ever. I, I, I've I, got some things that I'll say at some point, I'm sure, about it here. And, and they'll be today. Don't worry. But uh, I wanted to first let you go, Riz, and just kind of yeah, kind of rationalize what's happening here. Yeah. So he his reaction, and, and it's an interesting reaction because I think he went on W, uh, it was WJR with Mitch Album, was it not? Yes. Where he went on and said. God, they had to have been like just so excited that he said the things he did because they get 
Oh god, an unbelievable amount of coverage out of it. The replays yes. are crazy. Yeah. Yes, they do. <laughs> and he said, um, in his first year with Patricia, and I think that's that's sort of where I lost, where I had said. Um, because he reverted back to talking about the first year of Patricia, which was awful for just about everybody involved, including right. Matt Patricia. Yeah. And right. it was clear that that on his exit, he was ready to unload about that because he had been to Slay's credit. He had been very diplomatically quiet about it, both on and off the record um, for the last, I don't know, year, a little over a year. He saw the change in Patricia from year one to year two, but that that got thrown away now that he doesn't have to hold his tongue anymore. And he let out a lot of things that he and a lot of players who were here in 2018 mm-hmm. wanted to say. And he was not the only one that did it. Um, a backup tight end who was in camp for, what, a handful of days uh, spouted off I want to talk it. about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even remember his name. It's not important. He, I, knew, I knew he was from Richmond because I – I remember he had a Richmond spider tattoo on his arm, and I pointed that out to him. But that's that's like the only thing I ever remember about the guy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's. He said what a lot of players wanted to say. He said what he wanted to say for a long time, and I don't blame him for venting. He he can let it out now. I don't doubt anything that he said was true, um, based on conversations I've had with people and and with Darius himself. I, I absolutely believe everything that he said. Is one hundred percent accurate. Oh, There's suck no... my mm, Risden. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he Patricia said crank quote. either, as, as was cleaned up on for, for social media purposes. Just quoting Darius Slay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, quoting Slay to be permanently demonetized over here. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. We were, we were we were directly quoting Matt Patricia as relayed by Darius Slay. There, um, he's. It's difficult because we we know, Chris, you and I saw it firsthand in, in Mobile. We have seen a different Matt Patricia, and Slay somewhat alluded to that in mm-hmm. his interview as well. Nobody's getting focused on that, and probably rightfully so, because between that happening and the relative negative reviews of what's happened around Detroit for the last week, week and a half in free agency and roster moves, it's hard to find anything positive to say about the team right now. and. Slay has no problem carrying the flag of being the I got free. I'm, I'm I'm out of the you know and and you know all the negativity can ride on his shoulders and he's happy with that. Um, that's part of being a twelve year old mm-hmm. is that you sometimes carry flags that you might regret later. Mm-hmm. He um, might regret later. Uh, you, you said I, I, w- it I would remind him that Jim Schwartz <laughs> is his new coach. That's all I'll say. We all we all remember Jim Schwartz from how he handled people in Detroit and from Learned talking to people in Philly. He ain't he ain't changed. It, it's it's the same Jim Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so it, so you mentioned the backup tight end Duran Harmon. Um, no. I I I Garrett, never heard his it. name is Garrett something. Oh, okay. I'm I, yeah, Garrett, oh, I, I'm talking about the DB. I'm sorry. No, um, um, there was a there was a tight yeah, end. Yeah, you're right. Garrett, I, I was I was Garrett, pulling I the wrong say, name out say, of my head. Here. I want to say Garrett Headland. I know that's not right because I think that's an actor. Uh, I'm singer trying to find it, but um, but here's yeah. Sorry, I for like just a handful of days, and he's like, is it Garrett Hudson? Is that the one? That's that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The guy who's the most hungover is the one that comes up with the name first. Okay. So. He says on Twitter, of course, um, that Matt Patricia cussed out Carrion Johnson in front of the team for not knowing 
the uh, not knowing uh, a random trivia question about what year Ford Field opened, right? Okay. Right. And that gets because of the atmosphere that's already you know created that gets you know pushed way further than it probably should have to begin with. But then, but then he immediately follows it up by saying. Actually, there was a sense of humor to the whole thing, and Carrion didn't seem affected, and it was like... He also prefaced it by saying that they there are, on the walls in the practice facility, you walk by all these factoids. Right. Patricia told them at the beginning of the week that they were going right. to be tested on yeah. it, and they got tested, and Carrion didn't know. So, okay, okay. I, I'm not here. I'm... I promise you? you all that even though I wanted Matt Patricia to come here, I am not, I'm, I'm, I have, I'm not a hundred percent sold. I'm not trying to be a homer for Matt Patricia or Bob Quinn, but it's become pretty clear as you know, uh, various other things have surfaced. Uh, uh, this included that we're very, very much just getting one side of the equation being reported on as opposed to a, a well-rounded like, well, okay, yeah, this, this happened, but that's not exactly how it happened. (laughs) So suck a bag of Richards. That's what, that's how I'm going to start. Okay. Because I think, I think at least once we've all said that to each other (laughs) and I get that we're, we're friends. I, I just can't see. Look, I understand it was it was it was coach's first year and things happen, right? Right. But but for a, a grown ass man at the time, what was he? 25, 27, somewhere in there, right? Slay would have been 20, 27 or twenty twenty seven probably. Yeah, and he's talking up some guys, and coach tells him, "Quit sucking his head," you know, whatever. Look. <laughs> That's a, that, There's a lot of I've worked in a lot of environments <sighs> where saying that is how you say hello. OK, I, I work in a kitchen. It's <laughs> yeah. literally every other word out of our, our mouths is, you know, profanity of some of some kind or another. And we say truly inappropriate things all I, the time. It's just it is the norm. I work now so in, like, in my head. That's how I hear it. And where I and where in the environment I work now, I wouldn't say that except to people that are friends at work. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the coach and player relationship isn't necessarily a boss employee relationship because there's a lot of mentoring that happens. There's a lot of getting to know each other. It's a much closer relationship. And I think what happened Mm -hmm. there is coach has close relationships and treats close people a little bit differently and probably thought that slay was a was a man <laughs> and could exchange like a, a barb here and there instead of a whimpering little you know whatever that, that, that's that to me that is it's not that big a deal and even then if it was slay say hey man i I'm, i don't appreciate that in the moment in the moment and then you correct somebody if i told riz suck a bag of richards and he said you know something uh that's not my thing i wouldn't say it to him anymore it'd be over and be okay sorry you know and that's it not being man enough to stand up and say i don't like that in the moment and then waiting and burning down the house on the way out well terrible. No, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw back against that for a little bit because this sure. is his first like one of the first interactions that he's had with this guy mm-hmm. he doesn't he it's it's not it's Patricia certainly not understanding right. his role. He's not reading the room at I all. Agree. And if that's if that's the tone that he wants to set for his team when he's first getting in there, that's awful. But it was it was it wasn't in a room. It was it was a one on one thing. 
Okay. And, and again, even again, you understand. He's well, no, he said coach. it was in a meeting room because because he said that Glover Quinn was sitting next to him and, and Glover was like, hey, chill, dude. We'll, we'll, you're right. We'll talk you're right. You're right. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the, in that, the, that, that is a something that, just now in the if, chat. You, if you're new, I'm, if you're the new head coach, you, you got to understand that maybe not everybody's going to understand where you're coming from, especially when you're coming or you're going to Absolutely. a team that had Jim Caldwell. Totally get it. Totally grandpa, get it. Grandpa Caldwell, Papa Smurf was your, you know, was, was your coach. I, I get it. If, I understand that you want to establish that culture, but that's probably not the best way to do it. That, that's that's taking a hatchet to remove a fly from your forehead. So, it's, so it's I, I get that. Tone. I get it's, that. It's, it's, I get that. It's, it's an indication that Patricia – at that point, anyways, and I do think that this has changed, by the way, but at that point had no concept of what he was doing as a head coach. Mm, I, 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 that's too far, I think. I think he may have no concept of well, the social this, cues I think, in the I room. I think his, his, his concept of relationships. Gonna work. Right. Yes. Right. And, and so in the yeah. chat, I'll just take Carter really quick. <laughs> Patricia, an engineering math guy, misunderstood social cues. I'm shocked. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That's great. I right love there. it. And yeah, absolutely. And really quick, pace. Okay, so let me let me just hit this one thing again. Yeah, it. Again, it's on. It's on Slay. If he's if he if he's look, I don't know any neighborhood. That's your I've been, boss, though. Are you going to go to your boss on the first day when I'm going to tell my boss you're... that's not okay to talk to me like that? Yeah, I am. I, I wouldn't do it right then, though. I do it privately afterwards i wouldn't do it in public like that. two and a half years later on the way out no if you want that behavior yeah, I, to stop I, right that, that, honest, honest to god that's exactly what i would do oh no no i'd say it in the moment i'd say it in the moment no i would not, not because okay. that guy controls my paycheck no doesn't matter he, you got a he's contract. gonna make me he's gonna make me run up he's gonna make me build the hill that i'm gonna run up if i do that no you got a contract he's not gonna do that you you have you have every obligation when somebody offends you to say that's not okay okay where i'm from that's not okay let's handle it differently because he's not he doesn't have to yell at him he doesn't have to freak out it's it's two adults right as an adult you, you handle it and say that's not okay don't talk that way to me it's it's not okay. I'm I'm here to play ball. I'm here to be coached and do the damn best I can for this team. But you can't talk to me like that. That's not okay. And then that sets the tone for everybody, especially when you first meet somebody. I don't care who it is. They first walk in the room and start talking like that, and you don't like it. You say, no, that's not okay. It's on you. You own half of that relationship. And if you allow it to go, and you continue to allow it to go, without saying, ah, you know what, I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. So I, I would never. I feel like up. I understand. Where I would you're never bring from, that up Chris. publicly. No, I, but I, I also do don't think that's realistic. Oh, no. it's absolutely realistic. I do it all the time. I, do <laughs> I, the time. I, I understand that that's your reality. I'm just not sure that's everyone else's reality. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so Jeff, uh, yes. it, 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 I came into this week thinking that you and I were going to be buttonheads a lot, but I actually remember a lot of the things you said about Patricia before we hired him. And, and while I was all excited about the prospect and a lot of those things very much have come to fruition, you know, about, yeah. about his ability to, uh, you know, in, in a room and, right. Um, uh, well, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And I, that things are improving. I do think you were absolutely right. That is it. That was a concern and it was a thing that he needed to work on, that he needed to work on. And there are some guys and unfortunately Slay may, might not have had the maturity to overcome it in the long term. Um, even if, you know, and I'm not, I'm not really trying to come down that hard on Slay. Like uh, he did overcome it in terms of doing his job 
not as well as he used to, but, <laughs> um, but a good point. he did, he did mostly overcome, you know, that to uh, keep his mouth shut or whatever until, until it, you know, was an option for him to open it again. Um, but he did, Patricia really did come in with some, with some things he needed to work on in terms of working with people. And you said that you, you absolutely said that. And I, a lot never, of people, I don't think the Patriots told me that it was, it was very easy for them sure. to see it. And I don't think I ever told you you were wrong specifically about that. I was just hoping I that it wasn't so. going to be an yeah. issue. Um, and, and, and my hope that it wasn't going to be an issue obviously didn't come to the fruition I wanted it to be. Um, but I, like you said again too, I, I do think, you know, we've seen some major growth, uh, from him in that area. The, the, and, and it's just a matter of it. Was it enough fast enough? Right. And will it, will it have been enough fast enough? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and you know, one of the things that that's come, we talk about about how he runs Romeo Cornell's defense rather than Bill Belichick's defense, and that's I think that's proven to be true over time. Even though he never directly coached under him, there's a lot more Bill Parcells to Patricia than sure. there is Bill Belichick. Sure. And if you go back and look, Bill Parcells without Bill Belichick was a 500 coach. Yeah. And I think that's probably what Patricia's ceiling is, quite honestly, um, based on it. And the way that he deals with people, the way he interacts with the media, the way that he is profanely negative towards players a lot. That is 100% Parcells. That is, mm-hmm. that's, that's sure. much more than Belichick was. He chose the wrong bill path to follow. Sure. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Everybody improves over time. And um, I'll say the, la- the last thing about Slay uh, on this and, and, you know, I, I want to be clear. I'm not excusing coach for what happened. Right. Yeah. But I am saying Slay owns half that relationship. And and I, I think you oh, let yourself be walked walked on if you don't tell people that they they're not speaking to you in a way that's that's appropriate for the situation or for your relationship or whatever. The other thing, though, is he, he says he loves the fans, the team, you know, everything else. But then he tries to burn it all down and, and, and start the place on fire on the way out. That's not helping the fans at all. That's not who. He, what does he plan a super to gain? Response. What does he plan to gain? By doing that, how does that help anybody I, doing what I think he he's going for the Darius Slay fan versus the Lions fan. Right. And, and the player and like the the Lions fans who are upset with the state of affairs. Hey, you're still my Well, oh, they're buying it big time. Follow me to they Philadelphia. All in. Follow yeah. along with me. And and that's that you're absolutely right, Gates. That is happening. Yeah, yeah, they are. And they're gonna they're gonna see uh, a very similar uh, situation, I think. That's happened with cornerbacks that are highly paid in Philadelphia before. Uh, he, I hope he, I hope he does well. Again, you know, Darius Slay, his his outlook on life and and his personality and stuff are just just crazy good. Would, would love to live my life like him. I say that all the time. But uh, oh. this this move just really, I. I it's a a misstep oh it's it's, i think it's it's actually in the end the the effect and the detriment is actually to the number of people is too is a lot worse than the original original offense that he's complaining about and held on to for two and a half i won't entirely argue with that and and, but i also think it's just weak it's weak yeah it's just weak lost a lot of respect for him so all right yeah there you go 
Uh, picked up some free agents, uh, one of which I know you wanted to talk about, Case. Halapulavati, Vitae, um, offensive tackle. Who, who, Chris? Who? Who is that? Halapulavati, Vitae. Say it again. Say it again. Halapulavati, Vitae. <laughs> I got you. Nicely done, bro. Thank you. Thank you. I we why, are why really impressed with you right now. Why, why couldn't I say that? What you guys, why the question? <laughs> Who's our number three cornerback right now? Our warrior. <laughs> <laughs> I will get that. Um, okay, so Case, what do you think we're doing there with Halapulavati Vitae? I very explicitly told Jeff that I wanted to come yeah. into this week and kind of fight him about the things that he initially said about Big V. Uh, but then I listened to you guys show um, after, after free agency midweek here. And uh, I, I honestly had very little to disagree with. Um, okay, so the issue that I had initially was that I felt many people looking, at, and it, it seemed ubiquitous at the moment <clears throat> that everyone who was looking at him was looking at him through the lens of the 2018 Super Bowl and an NFC championship game. It was like that was the only thing they seemed to be focusing on. And that was three seasons ago. I mean, well, I, it depends on you know how you want to right. yeah. pace things out. But it was his sophomore year, and it was he's had he's played two seasons since then as a backup. Granted, no argument. Uh, we don't need to go into the whole Lane Johnson and, and uh, um, um, what's his face, you know. Jason thing. Peters. Thank They're you. They're really good. Thank you. Thank you. We don't need to go into that whole thing. We also, uh, we don't super need to go into the context that they also drafted another tackle. I get that 100%. I'm, I'm with that. But if we're looking strictly at what he produced while he was on the field and we're looking back that far, that long ago on a, on a young player, on a rookie contract who was raw to begin with, I'm just not sure that that's in any way representative of what we should expect because, because there were two years of growth between then and now. And that, that was where my issue was. And, and as long as we're, you know, on the same page that growth may, it seems, seems based on results, based on, you know, whatever, whatever uh, film has been watched and whatever PFF has to say and whatever Bryce says, um, which I appreciate from Bryce. Um, I I just think that's more where we should be focusing on the value as opposed to what happened back then. Yeah, I'm glad that it's not. It's still more money than I would have given him, and it's still more. Sure, it's still an above sure. market value. I can't deal. I can't argue with that, uh, especially when I. So I watched, as you know, I cover the Browns. They signed Jack Conklin for twelve million dollars a year. Yeah, um, I think he's a tad overrated, but he's also a lot better and more proven. Than that Brian actually Kai, seems pretty low as a per team, year. Yeah, for him. The, the, honestly, the Browns Browns regime's kicking butt in free agency, um, and and that's one of the prisms that I look at, and is one of the reasons why I'm probably a little bit more negative because I see a different front office that's new, that's doing things that I really like. Um, not all of them; they, they've they've made a couple of interesting choices too. But uh, they, uh, they by and large seem to have a good feel for not overspending. And I didn't, 
I would have thought that Vitae would get 35 over five instead of 45. Sure. Because you are paying for upside. He is going to be sure. a starter. I'm tired of the people who are saying you're paying your back. No, he's not a backup in Detroit. They're not paying yeah. him for what he did in Philadelphia. They're paying him for what he will do in Detroit. Yeah. Which is a smart way of approaching free agency. You don't pay for what guys did elsewhere. You pay for what they're going to do for you in the future. Mm. And, I and that's do think the mistake that, that a lot of teams make. Boy, do they, they, are, an, they are anticipating Vitae being as good as Rick Wagner was for them. The other thing is when Wagner came here, he was good. He was very good his first year. He had off a little two, bit, but he was, three yeah. solid years. Even and you know he what? Was, you know, people still hated him from yeah. the very beginning. Oh, that's the life they, of an offensive when, lineman. When they signed him to that contract, everybody thought, "Oh my God, we're signing him for that." He's Orlando Pace. He yeah. should be. He should be playing like a Hall of Famer out there because that's the contract that they give. Yeah, and that is going to happen with Big V. I know it's going to happen, and the yep. fans are going to make this a lot worse than he actually oh, yeah. is, and that bothers me. I think you're absolutely right. There's there's just no winning for most offensive linemen. They're always going to get overpaid in the eyes. And this this is this is more peculiar with Detroit than it is with other teams that I've seen and covered. They expect just unrealistically crazy lofty play from their offensive line. The Lions offensive line was the best part of the offense this past year. They were good. Yes. They were they were a top ten, top twelve offensive unit, and they weren't that bad the year before either. And for Lions fans to come out and say that they were absolute dog crap all the yeah, time and I just hate poo poo it, I uh, see it all the time. If you think right. that line was bad, uh, watch the Houston Texans for the love of God. Watch the watch the Browns last year. Watch but the Jeff, Bengals. But Jeff Stafford got hurt. So I will tell you something that we're, we're not talking about with Vitae is something we're not talking about with Vitae is that he is a little bit cheaper, not with not in year one because of the dead cap, but he's a little bit cheaper um, for about the same kind of a guy, except he's way better at run blocking. And that's a, oh, it's that's, also- that's a big that's a big thing for this team. That's a big change. And it's going to be a big help because I don't know if you guys notice we haven't been a really good running team for a couple of years. And uh, now I'll, I'll back off on that though. <laughs> they were the best running Lions team since 2012 last year. Hey, that is a, that is a low bar, but a good but a good precedent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were in, um, they were out of the bottom. <laughs> they were out of the bottom third in yards per attempts for the first time since 2000, yep, uh, 2013. Yep, the, yep. the year where both Joyke and Reggie had 500 yards. Yep. Um, I, I think that was. It might have been thirteen. I think it was twelve. No, twelve was twelve was the bad year. Thirteen was that year. Yep. So, so, so in the chat, we're hearing, we're hearing it was the Vikings that ate his lunch, right? And that's true. Vikings defense is a, is is a shell of what it was after this this free agent. Everson Griffin gone. gone. Yeah, a lot come, of stuff come, going come on Detroit. over there. Please come to Detroit. <laughs> yes. Please. Yeah. So th- that's interesting. Um, definitely younger and um, well, yeah, Logan, you're right. Ten million now is also less than it was five years ago. If you think yes. about how the cap yes, goes and so on, so and and with the youth, um, it's, it's it's so effectively we are definitely paying less as a percentage of cap for about an equal player. And if people can think about it through that lens, that's probably a really really good move for this for this team. And I think yeah. with Bevel's offense and um, Hank the Tank Fraley, who we have a ton of respect for I, I i'm very bullish on hank fraley as yeah. the offensive line coach i like it a lot and yeah. i also like that jeff davidson hasn't like gone away he, he's not lions fans are going to dump on him as they do all things lions offensive line um which is crazy because we've been around prince for so long 
all these guys are terrible. Oh my God, we can't live without growing Glasgow. <laughs> I can't reconcile that in my head. I don't know how people do it. I really don't. I, don't I, I need to take drugs because I, I, I just don't get it. Let's call Scott. <laughs> I'm just picking. I shouldn't. Oh, it's kind of mean. Anyway, okay. So Halapulavati. Oh uh, yeah, I got it. Right. Halapulavati. Oh Vitae. Um, Big V. The, the trick is you got to do it like play that funky music, white boy. Halapulavati Vitae. That's that's why you always see me pause before Vitae. Uh, <laughs> that's the secret. AC in the sunshine band. <laughs> All right. I know there's another guy. Case is interested that we signed. Uh, Jamie Collins. I don't know if you guys saw Riz. It was in your article. Um, on Lions Wire with the backflips across the field. Yes. Oh, yeah. Holy beepity bop. That was amazing. That was the, he, he was more spry than a high school or college cheerle- cheerleader slash gymnast. He was just bending and rolling across the field like nothing. That was, that was from the summer of 2018. So it's not that long ago. <laughs> Wow. No, take it. That, that was summer of 2019 because he was in he was in Cleveland the year before that. Case, if yeah. you want to see the most <laughs> athletic linebacker oh, moves you've ever seen, go to Lions Wire and see Riz's holy crap, man. I watched it. So what do you think of the Collins signing, Case? <laughs> um, okay, so <clears throat> it, it's not to me just about the Collins signing. And, and I'm sorry to, to go a little bit left field on you guys with the topic here. Um it is about the thing that we have massively downplayed, to be honest, um, since Bob Quinn and and Matt Patricia started here uh, together anyway. Um, and that is the bringing in Patriots dudes. And I know that this is a like is this is like a triggering topic for a lot of fans. So I get it. I understand you know, and, and and the truth of the matter is, I've always understood the concept that bringing in expatriates can be a really bad thing, um, because we've seen so many of them go to teams where they got overpaid on a contract and underperformed. This situation is fairly unique. I'm I, I'm not saying you shouldn't have those concerns. I'm not saying that at all. Um, that it, It's fair, truly. But we are in a different place than most of those teams who have done that have been. And that is because, A, the Patriots are more cap-strapped this year than I can remember them ever being. Um that that was an issue. And so they just couldn't re-sign everybody that they probably otherwise would have liked to re-sign. Um, if you, if you want to look back and at the Patriots season and their defense and how well they played, they would probably have preferred to sit as much status quo on that as they could, but it just wasn't an option. We also have Patricia and I know that there are, Many mixed feelings among among amongst the fan base. I get that. It, it it is not a surprise to me that people feel that way. But he is also the singular person outside of Bill Belichick who probably understands how to use those players, those specific players that they picked up effectively out of anybody. Again, 
I'm not saying because I my my prediction is in the realm of uh, they will see significant improvement this year, but that does not mean playoffs. That does not mean I am in any way suggesting that I think uh, Patricia and Quinn are safe. Okay, but he's it, it's become so blatantly obvious that they want to do things their way and see if it works. That's and, and Jamie Collins is a part of that. I'll a big say, part of that. And I'll say I, I people say, yeah, they didn't want to see it's their way, not the Patriots way. I, I think it is um like anybody, um I, I don't know. I'm gonna I don't know what to relate it to. You you get taught something by an expert you you in the part those things become part of you a lot of those things do so but also you look at it and say you know i think i could do that better or i think i'd change that because i think that would work better and then you say that's your way it, it may be your way inspired by something but that's still your way and when i hear quinn saying no we're not doing things the patriot way we're doing things the lion's way well very heavily trained in the patriots way and now he's tweaking that to his way um, we'll see what that means. We'll see. You know, right now we're we're. It's interesting. Last year we had a number of issues that we can we can point at and say, well, maybe that's why the team didn't do as well. Um, that those things hopefully will kind of be uh, different this year, and we'll get be able to get a good gauge of of where this coaching staff is and the where the, how the draft has been running and and those kinds of things. I think this is a good year to see what the reality is. Um, but that's where I think you're right. I mean, trained in the Patriots way, evolved into what will be the Lions way if if they remain here for the the the, the medium to long term. So I'll I'll, I'll flip this. I'll, I'll put on my Browns hat again for a second. Um, they have a new head coach this year in Kevin Stefanski, who came from the Minnesota Vikings. They have signed four or five players who have played under him at some point in Minnesota. And everybody in Cleveland is like, that's great. They know coach. They'll, they'll understand what he wants. Yep. It's, it's interesting how that prism hasn't yet gone darkly negative in Cleveland, maybe because they haven't started losing yet. Um, uh, I'm sure that will happen. if <laughs> When um, that happens. <laughs> when, when, when that happens. God, they're so frustrating because they should be so freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like when um, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of who they signed um, that, would, that would make sense. The other thing I can equate it to is, you guys know I'm a big fan of the band Rush. Um, rest in peace, Neil Peart. Love Rush. I've heard um, of them. A lot of old guys listen to them. They, they talked about on their documentary that they did about how they oh, were at a crossroads. It's, it's great. Go watch um, it, everyone. Yes. Yes, please do. Watch <laughs> it together. Time. We should all watch it together. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> we got time on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they talked about how they were at a crossroads where they were going to get dropped by their record label, and they gave them basically one thing left. And they're like, you know what? If we're going out, we're going out our way. And they put out their best album ever from yeah. that and became legends because of it. And and another band and that I'm a God, so of, goddamn polite. Yes, they are. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of the band Dream Theater. They had the same thing. Their first two albums were great. Their third album was a tank job. They tried to go commercial, tried to be something that they weren't. Their record label's like, y'all got one left. And they went out and they did scenes from memory. And it's the best album probably ever, in my opinion. And it won a legion of fans back and it cemented them in prog rock gods that they are. And another uh, one of your favorite bands. Same story. Steve Miller band. 
Big old. Why? Big old what are we hating on Steve Miller Band now? What's going on? I yeah. hate. I if I can oh. go back in time and prevent the birth of any one person, God it would be Steve Miller. It, it, that's how I feel about Bon Jovi. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh my God. You give love a bad name, my friend. <laughs> this this could be a lot of fun for me in the future. <laughs> but you got to remember where a case comes from, Riz. Uh, let me see. If it, oh, oh, I, you I, here, we'll try it again. Touching me, touching you. That's right. That's right, everyone. Neil Diamond for Cases life. Generation. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do a music-centric podcast at some point? Oh God, that would. Be Actually, fun. I think we'd be okay at that. Yeah, like, I, I think honestly so. think that that, that we'd be okay at that. Like we we we've talked about doing other sports, but I think right. maybe a music podcast would be more in our wheelhouse. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Back to football. Okay, to football. really quick. One, really, one quick another podcast. Someone, someone has to. <laughs> who are Rush? <laughs> someone else comes back with Limbaugh. <laughs> who are Rush? <laughs> I don't see flames Bye. yet. I don't see flames yet, but we'll see. Uh, okay, so with, we'll take off your hosers. with that, let's open up for phone calls. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384. Or you can use Detroit Lions podcast on Skype. That'll get through to us. Give us a call. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of transitioning to a 4-3 defense. Anyone feel good about that after we take this call? Yeah. <laughs> hey, caller, how you doing? What's your name? Hey, this is Chris R. Hey, hey Chris. Chris, how you doing? Man? I told him hey. he had to call in hey, today. So. Good, good, good. We were having fun. Were you calling for the Stevie yeah, Miller Band so. uh, trivia? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, go ahead, Chris. Let, let, let me more, feel this. I, I, I grew up in the 80s Stair Bands thing. Actually, one of the first concerts that I went to was in the pit for a Bon Jovi concert. And nice. Wow. So... That's kind of more my genre, I guess. I spent time in the pit at uh, uh, Soundgarden at Lollapalooza back when Pearl Jam played and uh, Tool. Oh God, those were good times. Those were good times. Okay, okay. so 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 I told Chris. I told Chris he had to call in and talk to us about the shifting and relative value of offensive linemen. And I want him to talk yep. to us about it. I want him to give us a little bit of a lecture. Yes, please. <laughs> so one thing that I've been noticing, I've been going back, uh, taking a little bit of a, a break from draft film, which obviously you guys know I do a lot really heavily, and kind of going back and especially with game pass being free for a month, uh, being able to go back and rewatch some of the pro teams and go back and watch some of the pro uh, tape. So one thing that I've been increasingly noticing, and I found some data to back this up analytically, is that a lot of the blocking now, especially for heavier teams and more physically dominant teams, like I think we want to end up becoming, a lot of your offensive linemen are finding more value as run blockers. Because what happens is a lot of these teams are becoming quicker and quicker passing teams. So they're getting the ball out in 2.4, 2.5, 2.6 seconds. And this is especially true for your more mentally savvy guys, your guys who have experience, who know how to go through reads, know how to go through progressions, or the opposite, and guys who have offenses that put them in like one the offenses, or it's very simple, just throw it to this guy, he's open type of scheme. Whereas with run blocking, it's not really that simple. You can't just say, hey, throw to this guy over here, throw to that guy on the, on the other side, because 
it's a lot more of like a team effort, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. So if one guy misses a block, say like Frank Rag now misses the nose tackle, the nose tackle blows up that run play. So what ends up happening is you have a lot of guys who kind of need to be good run blockers to find success running the ball. So what ends up happening is you get these more physically dominant players along the offensive line. And then they end up being able to work together a lot more to be able to open up those holes and communicate and find ways to maximize your running back's ability to find those holes because they're not losing their run blocks. So not only does that give your running back more options, first off, which is critically important, especially against physical teams, but it also gives them the opportunity to simply find an option. Because Rick Wagner was, I think, the 30th of 32 run-blocking right tackles last year. And Sounds right. I think, was like top 10 among all tackles last year uh, in run-blocking. So having that kind of upgrade there uh, is going to be critical. And personally, for me, I believe Matthew Stafford is one of those quarterbacks who has the mental traits and has the experience and has the knowledge and has the uh, ability, I guess, to be able to find the right receiver, hit the open receivers consistently, and the receivers that we have, Galladay, Marvin, et cetera, have the ability to win those contested catches if they're not able to get open in time. So you can live with a little bit of a downgrade in your pass blocking if you keep on getting the ball out quickly before the pressure gets there. If in the as soon as you're going to be getting from the run blocking side for carry on for whoever our running back two is next year, that's going to open up so much more possibilities, not just for in terms of visiting and finding the right holes, but also just from a play calling standpoint, because you have the ability to uh, you have the ability to uh, open up your playbook a little bit more as well. So if you want to run more play action, you can do that and run those fakes and draw those defenders out or what have you. So it opens up a lot more possibilities from a play calling standpoint to have that run blocking. And then when you get your run game going, it keeps the offense on schedule a lot more, whereas your pass game, if you throw an incomplete pass, you're not moving the ball yet. It stays where it's at. Okay. If you can get three yards to carry, three yards to carry, three yards to carry, I Fourth mean, and one, right there at the first down marker. Yeah. So, okay. My uh, basic question is: uh, Do you feel that we made a mistake? And 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 I, I have my own opinion on this, and I, I I'm sure everyone in this room. It, it, you're by yourself. No. This broad room um, <laughs> has their own opinion on it. Uh, do you feel we made a mistake by letting Graham Glasgow go? Do you? How do you feel about the guard position no. in, in terms of the value? He's, well, okay. So a little bit about Graham is I think that that's more of a philosophical decision. That's the other thing I was going to call in to talk to you guys about too. Is I feel like a lot of the offseason moves that we make, while we didn't necessarily get better. I think they fit a lot more into vision and the type of team build and philosophies that we want to go after. So, like, um, I think with the tackle position, the other example of this, right? Like, yes, snacks might have been good two years ago, 
But then Felton is younger. He's a little bit more agile, I think, than Snacks is at this point in his career. And uh, same thing with Williams compared to Aeson, a lot better pass rusher. But he still has the ability to be physical and, and maintain those gaps. So I think that a lot of it, too, has to come down to the team philosophy and build. And sure. I think that Graham was not necessarily a fit for what that team philosophy and build is going forward. I personally view him as more of a zone guy who has the ability to kind of utilize that athleticism and get himself into space around the end, say, like pull blocking or whatever. Uh, and, whereas, and, he, and he went to an offense in Denver. That, that's, what, that's what Denver does. They do the Kubiak system. That's right. straight zone blocking. It's a better fit for him. Yeah, exactly. And uh, good for them for getting someone like that. Yeah. Utilize that athleticism and get him doing what he does best. Whereas for us, I think we're heading in the exact opposite direction of that and going toward more of that power scheme, especially with Hank Fraley coming in, who ran a lot of power from what I remember when he was a player. Uh, and he did that at UCLA, too. Just dominate yeah. the front and push and, and generate that uh, for momentum uh, anymore in your power scheme. And Grimm does not fit that to me. All right. So that's absolutely. I completely agree, Chris. And thank you very much for, uh, like I said, I I, I asked you to call in and, and, and give us some, some context on that. And I really appreciate it. Um, We'll. uh, So the, the power based running game, it's, it's interesting because we had that and then we got away from it and then they sort of have had an amalgamate because that's what Taylor Decker is. That's he's, that's, he's at his best going out. And instead of like, True. Going to a spot, he wants to go through the player to get to that spot. Um, that, that's that's yep. very suitable to Taylor Decker. It's very very suitable to Frank right now. You're playing to the strengths of your two best players on your offensive line. That's probably a pretty smart decision. I don't, I don't know if it's going to work all yeah. that much, but we'll see. All right. Hey, Chris, I'm going <laughs> to let you go. Got, we got to grab got, another got, one here, man. I'll, okay, well, I just want to add, and Vitae, too, is kind of in that same kind of mold, too, I think. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So. I think we all agree on that, at least. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Yep. Yeah. Have a nice day, guys. Yeah, thanks, See Chris. See Chris. All right. We got a new caller. Uh, if, I, if I'm right, I'm doing this just by numbers. I don't have them memorized, but I think this guy is probably completely tanked. He sounds like he's from the South. Is this you, Brendan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Over your face, man. I've been in quarantine for days. I can touch my face like crazy. Have you picked? I, forgot, I, just, I just touched my face too, and I thought about it. I'm like, oh crap! I shouldn't have done that. I've never realized how much I effing love touching my face until this thing started, and then it's like, how <laughs> you doing, Brandon, buddy? You know what? You know what's funny is you know how you got that little emoji that you have your hand slapped in your face <laughs> when somebody says something. Somebody just out of the blue got on me and laughed. He said, "Hey, no hands to the face." So then I had to put my, my arms up. <laughs> so. Nice. Hey, how you doing, man? So, it's been a little bit. It's been oh, a few I'm minutes. I'm doing good, man. I'm, doing, I'm just, uh, not, as a serious note, something that I just read about the coronavirus is whenever you guys get any packages, and you know they either come in cardboard or plastic wrap, uh, be sure you, you, you go ahead and get your contents out like you want and then get rid of everything right away, and then wash your hands. Because according to the uh, NIH or whatever the the agency is, they said 24 hours on cardboard and could be up to three days on plastic. Well, I learned a long time ago, never ever trust your mailman. (laughs) 
I've got yeah. a gun belt in it, and, and there's a instead of a gun in it, I've just got a bottle of uh, uh, of Clorox. So it's it's all good. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, you, 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 hold, yeah. Hold, hold down your blow. Hold down your delivery, Here, I'll, man. I'll use my sleeve and instead of my hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. <clears throat> what do you got for us, big so, guy? What do you got? Well, I've got uh, I got three different I got three different little subjects here, and first of all, dealing with the slave Patricia thing going on, I brought the, I put this on Twitter, and this is from listening to Sirius XM NFL for many years. Never heard of them. They have always brought up stories of what Bill Belichick and how he will do something when he brings in rookies, and I'm sure other coaches have done this as well to to interview for instance either be senior bowl or the con- uh, the, the the combine or what have you what he has is he has film clips of their very worst plays that they've had in the past year or so and he will sit there and he will look at them and say now you want to tell me what what's going on here why'd you do that why didn't you do this what are you going to do to correct this how are you going to improve and so on and so forth he makes them squirm man and uh, it really what it boils down to is how will they take the coaching? And so that's one point. And now you know Patricia's going to learn from that. I how think there's a mental toughness test there, coaching? too. Let's. I mean, yes. I don't know. Yes. I mean, if you've been interviewed before, I've been in some pretty tough interviews and I've been in some pretty pretty easy ones. And the tough ones, obviously, you have to be – you have to have your S together and uh and and keep it together you can come out and, and just be like and break down in the car but in, the, in that interview moment right you got to hold it together and the guys that can hold it together and think on their feet those are probably guys that can improvise and think on their feet when they're in the middle of a play as well and those are probably guys that can be coached and, and work with you there you go now something else that bill belichick has done on the opposite side now you remember what the patricia was upset about was him yakking and carrying on with his buds at these combined uh, uh, workouts with other players, with Sherman and whatever, well, if they get start talking shop, then they start talking about what they've done on the field and how they act, react, what they learned, and what they're doing is they're sharing information from how their team plays the other wide receivers. Well, who's on the team with with the plays? It's Marvin Jones. What do you think Patricia's going to think about that? What are you doing telling him stuff like that for? You let him figure that out on your own. And believe it or not, I got another little thing I found out backed up on this. Uh, there, the, Jeff, who's the uh, uh, right tackle and left tackle that was the president of the of the NFLPA? Eric Winston. Or just, Eric Winston. Eric Winston. Yeah. He was being interviewed one time, and this this story was on the uh, serious. Uh, he was being interviewed on the radio one time, and they were asking him about this, that, and the other thing about plays and so on and so forth. And he was telling him about this and telling him about that. Well, Bill Belichick's got big ears. He heard him all about this, and he got his crew to research every play that Eric Winston was on and check him out because the next time they played him, they destroyed him. And that's what kind of uh, 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 research he kind of does. And Patricia knows this. Because also other coaches are going to do the same. So no wonder he's upset and he's probably fronting them out in front of the entire crew as an example and said, this is what we got to worry about if you're getting on social media and blabbing about stuff. So it just made sense. It made sense to me. Of course, not the same as it is. Not everybody's going to know this. 
what they hear is, you know, what the what the favorite player is always ragging on and carrying on about. And, well, Philly's going to find out they got their own problems. <laughs> I just hope he doesn't turn into Asimov, you know. <laughs> I, I kind of hope he does. <laughs> <laughs> I just touched my face again. He's in the yeah. NFC at this point, right? Yes. I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. We should, yeah. should just get some yeah. wipes on those hands. You don't know what your face putting those fingers, right? I know. I know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Listen, a uh, couple other things I'm going to bring out. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, uh, Jeff in, in particular, what's your view about Big B going against our three primo, primo pass rushers we have in our division? You got Mac. You got the Smith brothers, so to speak, and you got Hunter. What do you think? You know, I worry about that. I think you're going to get a lot of tight end help. Um, one of the worries that I have is that they're going to, because Jesse James was essentially worthless last year, is that they're going to have to use Hawkinson more in line to help as a blocker, and that takes away from his value as a receiver, which is why he was drafted that high. Uh, it, it's a very legitimate concern. Uh they're, they're going to find help for him. They're, they're going to have running backs that can hold their own carry-ons. Fantastic in pass protection, by and large. Uh, it, it's definite worry, though, uh, because if you're – the Daryl Bevel offense likes to have long-developing pass plays that go down the field. It's where Stafford's at his best, too, is throwing the ball down the field. You, you need 2.8 to 3.2 seconds to get that down there. Uh, if you don't have that – that, that takes away from what you really want to do on offense. So it, it's a concern. Um, it was a concern in Philadelphia, but they had Carson Wentz, who was roughly – he's probably a little bit more mobile than, than Stafford, but doesn't always show it. And, by the way, he's hurt all the time, uh, and, and despite being mobile uh, and, and despite playing behind a, two, a Hall of Fame left tackle and a likely Hall of Fame right tackle, he still gets hurt all the time too. Hmm. Just saying. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> what do you think, Riz? Is there, there's a good question from the uh, from the chat. Is there anything that can save Jesse James? Can he get better, or have we seen peak Jesse James? Based on the, how can we say we've seen peak Jesse James in Detroit when we when he was much better in Pittsburgh? I mean, well, I, like, I, I will so I, I have seen I, peak I, Jesse James in Pittsburgh at this point, and, and I will cite him, uh, John Ledyard, who's a friend of mine uh, who covered the Steelers for a long time. Uh, he actually not covers the Buccaneers. Uh, he's with uh, drink again. Uh, I forget what his pewter report. I think it is. But he, we talked about Jesse James the summer last summer before I saw him. Before I went out on the first day, I'm like, oh my god, that guy can't play. Um, he can't move. Um, and John had told me that that was going to happen. It's like he is the quintessential guy who looks decent for the Steelers, but he's going to go somewhere else. And you wonder how he ever played football. Um, so. Wow. I was forewarned on that. Um, and by the way, he wasn't the only one who said that. Uh, Jim Wexel from uh, Behind the Steel Curtain expressed similar context to me before that. It's like, y'all are overpaying big time. Um, if, if he's your number two tight end, he might be okay. But if, if he's, if he's, if you're asking. But I mean, we, on, that's what we need. We need him to be the number two tight end. We don't need him to be the number one tight well, end. I mean, yes, overpay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to argue at well, all. Last year he was overpay, dreadful. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat bullish that Isaac Nauta can step up because I'm. Okay. I, the Jesse James that I saw last year doesn't, should not make the football team in 2020. Sure. But they can't cut him because of his salary. I was just the. Uh, Drink. I was just uh, I, now I'd understood that reports were that he was the most improved. That he was most improved. Now I don't know what that means. Maybe I ho- I ho- I'm, I'm hopeful better. that he can get better, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on it. 
Um, and actually, um, Kent Platt, Math Bond this morning was talking about, he had a really nice thread on Twitter this morning. I would encourage people to do that because it'll kill some of your time while you're, in, you're quarantined up too, um, that he thought that tight end is probably a bigger need than what anybody would want it to be. And I kind of agree with him that they, they need to get a, okay. it wouldn't kill me if they drafted a, or brought in, I wouldn't draft it, a blocking tight end. Um, somebody who could come in and be that, um, that in Honestly, Tyrell Crosby playing as your sixth oh, tackle. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That that might be a way to go, too. Yep. I was just going to ask about that because a lot of times yeah. these small school guys that just aren't big enough actually turn into be really good blocking tight ends. Yep. And, uh, you know, have carved themselves a nice little career about that. And listen, yeah. uh, one more thing, guys, and I'll go ahead and get out of here. All right. You guys were talking about bringing in players from other teams because that's where the coach came from. Look, you can look back. As far as you want, with the when the Lions hired coaches from other teams, and they always bring in other players. I mean, you think even even uh, 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 Marinelli brought in former Bucks players. What was oh primo yeah rusher? You remember him? Remember yep. remember the primo rusher that he had that didn't turn out to be much of anything. And then uh, before him was Mooch. He was bringing in Forty ers and before him it was. Uh, uh, Ross Boss, he brought in maybe a couple of Chargers. Uh, well, of course, before that, it was our boy Font. Uh, he, he was in the team already, so you didn't see that many. But it, they they all do it. It's yeah. just this guy is brought in a lot because of the scheme is so specific. He's got to have guys that know. And look at who he he's brought in now that is on this defense: the nose tackle, the edge, the linebacker, the safety. All up the middle are all former Patriots that know this scheme. So I'm thinking that we should see an improvement, obviously. Uh, it's just uh, if it, it on paper, it looks great. Well, we'll see what happens as, uh, as the year goes on, and uh, hopefully uh, Stafford can stay stay upright. And, you know, it, isn't that weird to sound like now we're hoping that he doesn't get injured again after 10 years and never eat, you know, being <laughs> off the field? Not even. That's strange. I'm not yeah. worried about yeah, it, to be honest. All right. Take care, man. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Brandon. Good to hear from you, buddy. See you, brother. All right. So for those that are, uh, are are listening, I have to tell you, there's a, there's a drinking game going on in the chat on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if you, Riz, or, or Case, you know it. I can't no, see I'm it. not aware. <laughs> every, t- every time Riz touches his face, it's a drink. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Drink. <laughs> you got one guy saying, now I'm starting to itch my nose. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I wish I had a beer. I, I had to share it. It was so funny. My beer fridge is like right there, too. <laughs> Usually it's me, Jeff. Usually it's me. I'm usually the yeah. one who's like all up in my own grill. So Wes is calling out wasted right now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Good Rick. Good Rick. Yeah. You do, uh, there we go, Drake. <laughs> all right. Um, let's talk about that four-three defense, um, Riz. If you don't yeah. mind, let, let's break yeah. into that a little bit. Talk about what you see coming, what you think. So. Shelton is better as a 4-3 defensive tackle. I think Nick Williams coming in as a NASCAR package rusher mm-hmm. or just regular rusher. That's that's a 4 NASCAR position. package rusher. That's yeah. a term right there. It is. That, you're going to see more of that. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see a lot of that. I think it's something that you will see Jamie Collins possibly <laughs> putting hand in the dirt yep. and lining up as the edge outside of Williams. Uh, that, that, yeah, that's, I think you're going to see a lot more four-man front. It doesn't Great. necessarily mean a 4-3 <laughs> But you're going to see four men on the front, or alternatively, you will see two on the front and have um, 
actually Chris Robbins was talking about this uh, in the we did that we did a little chat in the Slack. How Buffalo used to run it when they had um, uh, Ted Washington and somebody else, and I can't think of who his name was, but they had the two like beef guys in the middle, and Danny Shelton could be one of those guys. And then you had like three or four linebackers that kind of clustered around around them, and they sort of functioned as edges, but they also sort of functioned as ends, but also linebackers. And I can see Patricia loving that, honestly. So I think you'll yep. see some of that uh, based on how many linebackers they have on the roster right now. And I will say this again, they're not drafting a linebacker high. Sorry. <laughs> but Simmons, Jeff. Simmons. Simmons. Come on. Get on board. <laughs> my, my own feelings about Simmons, I think he's going to be an, a very interesting player. I'm a lot I'm very much worried that he's Obi Mawafun 2.0. Thank goodness he's not in Detroit, so Chris doesn't have to say that. Um, he's, he's a, I'd he's nail a, it. I would nail that. He's right a, you're, you're getting good. <laughs> Simmons, Simmons has a lot of very appealing traits that I'm not sure the NFL will know how to use. Is probably the best way to say it. Hmm, Fair interesting. enough. Interesting. I, 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 think, with you. I think he will either be Brian Erlacher as the middle linebacker in a straight 4-3 Tampa 2, or he's Troy Polamalu in Pittsburgh, except he's a lot bigger and doesn't tackle as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I could take that, though. Those, those, are like, the, those are the upsides. Those are his optimal <laughs> positions. Yeah. I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't sneeze at getting Brian Erlacher or Troy Polamalu in the Detroit defense. Even if Troy Polamalu missed a few few more tackles, I'd still yes. take that. Yeah. 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 Great hair, too. All right. So let's talk about one last thing here um, before we get rolling. Um, the way Bob Quinn has set up the draft, uh, I think with the, the players he's got, we've touched on this just a little bit, Jeff. He's mm-hmm. really, I mean, he's going to wind up with an Ohio State defensive player. <laughs> it's, yes. it's either that's what's going to happen at three, period. Now, with that being the case, um, the way he set things up right now, right? E- either position as either the cornerback of Okuda or the edge with Chase Young. Um, one helps the other position, no matter which you get. Yes. Right? So we're in an yes. interesting position as a team, and we've, we've, we've put some guys in the middle. We've got two tackles here in free agency. Um, with either of the two guys, we can take them and then fix the next piece in the second round. Obviously, the, the Chase Young and... Um, Gladly, second round would be just hellaciously awesome because you 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 cover your cornerback there, you get your uh, your uh, your edge and chase. That's a, that's a great thing. What do you think if we get um, uh, Okuda in the first round, Riz? Who's who's because who, they're going to go cornerback next, right? I mean, I'm sorry, uh, they're yeah, going to they're go edge line next, right? Yeah, ed, edge outside linebacker type player. Yeah, um, but primarily a, a, a hand in the dirt edge. Um, if if Caleb on chase on is there and he won't be, he'd be a good choice. Um, if AJ Epinesa is there, he would be very interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. and he could be, I wouldn't count on it, but he could be there. And that would be because he, to me, physically is JJ Watt. Right. I'm not saying he's JJ Watt, but right. he can do that. And JJ Watt playing as the edge in a four, three, and he's done that a lot more than you would, you would, they would have you believe yeah. he's devastating in that role. Yeah. Um, so that, that would, that would be a lot of fun. Um, then he could get, stay healthy. Got, he he could yeah. bring the kind of because Watt. That's one thing that he hasn't been able to do, is stay healthy for long periods of time recently. Right, right. You put Epinesa. Epinesa. Thank you, Epinesa, in there, and um, yeah. it, it just the availability piece. If he can beat that, he right. gives you the impact. So, so he would does. be one. Um, there's 
it's early. It's too early for a guy like Josh Uche or Bradley Anai or um, uh, who's the other guy that I always lump it. Oh, Jonathan uh, uh, Greenard from Florida, um, late of Louisville. Um, by the way, don't 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 lump him with all the other Florida defenders who've sucked in the NFL. He's a Louisville guy who happened to play his last year at Florida. That's how you have to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, um, so uh, Simmons, I think. You wrote the article about it, uh, Riz, right? He's all all but canceled out of the the draft for the line. I would think so. It would it would be very surprising if he were the pick. Um, now, could they smoke? From everything I understand, the New York Giants like him a lot, and he would. God, he'd be really good there too. Um, and I really want to touch my face, and I'm trying so hard. You did. You just did a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah, do it, do it, do it, do it, just so they can drink. <laughs> Come on, just give it. Out here. They want to drink. No, Jeff. I, I, it's uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Let me. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Hey, drink, 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 drink. Um, I think I think that the the round. If you take Young first, obviously it's a lot easier to find a cornerback in that second round. A guy like AJ Terrell, uh, Jeff Gladney, um, even Damon Arnett, probably a little high for him. Uh, there's some people there that, that you look at. If you, it's a lot easier if you get Chase Young first because pass rushers, yeah. th- there's the I'm whole with arc that. of you get you get pass rushers <laughs> a lot. Premium pass rushers don't come late in the draft. I'm very okay with and, this scenario. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a day one cornerback. Okuda's the guy, right? I mean, he's yeah. a, he's a oh, number he's, one. He, he is one. more above at number one cornerback than Young is at number one edge next based on the next people below. Yeah. It, it's not a great cornerback class at the top other than Okuda, but the, the middle class is really nice. Yep. Yep. All and right. Middle <laughs> class is really nice for those of you lucky enough to be there. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting political <laughs> again. <laughs> Millennial wine. All right. With I just that. want to scratch my nose so bad. Life is hard. <laughs> <laughs> with that outside of that topic is there anything you want to wrap up with case no i i, I don't want to wrap anything up get back in your corner all right Riz, anything like you want my to... lower class self it's, you know well besides just... your your personality uh Riz, i'll, anything touch, else I'll touch this way no <laughs> drink oh, anyway drink, so drink, drink 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 <laughs> all right i got not i got nothing all right I'm with good. that we're gonna ask you go ahead and check out eric schlitz stuff lines breakdown podcast uh he's Please doing do. some great stuff this week and uh, we're working together to make sure we can kind of like i said give you guys an ongoing feed uh, so that you can, from day to day, have good quality content, and uh, you know, with no sports, you get friends like us to hang out with and uh, and get you some good stuff. So support him, support us, have some fun, and uh, with that, we're gonna call it a show because we we do that this time of the day. Um, we're gonna remember to ask you to use the uh, subreddit to give your feedback. I uh, love that involvement from you guys when you, you help us out and let us know how you, we can improve the show. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. If you were there donating at least a dollar a month, you'd be in the slack and you'd know who the big guest we're working on right now is. There you go. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, Detroit Lions podcast on Instagram, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions podcast, DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Case in social isolation touching me touching you <laughs> thank you give us a call on skype detroit lions podcast all one word detroit lions podcast or call us on the lions line at 929-33-lions 929-335-4667 remember if you're not feeling well dr riz right here for you
I got your back, folks. There you go. All right. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your plugs automatically. And thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, baby, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show 